Welcome to today's podcast with Crosspoint Church, where we share the gospel and we share our lives. With so many fun and new exciting things going on at church, we want you to be in the loop. So make sure that you check out our Facebook page and that you check out our website at www.crosspointwaverly.com. And now for today's message. Thank you, worship team. Hey, I just want to say, if you missed our experience night, thank you, Kendra. If you missed our experience night on Friday night, you missed it. It was a powerful time of worship, and I, I just would encourage you, next time, if you hear the words experience night, make sure that you get that on your calendar. You don't want to miss it. And so for those of you who are like, well, what was it like? I'll just tell you what it was like. It was just absolute uh, fire from heaven and just a worship time together. And so the, the, the worship team didn't look at the people in the congregation as an audience. Instead, we were all just engaged in worship. We had some time of prayer, and, uh, and it was just powerful. And so I would encourage you in the future, make sure that you make it a priority and come on, uh, on to one of our experiences tonight. Experience nice. It's been good. It was awesome. Thank you, Randy. Yeah, there you go. I mean, I didn't even pay him to say that. Like, that's how much it meant to him. Seriously. So for those of you who think I'm overplaying it tonight, I mean, today, I promise I'm not overplaying it. Uh, the, one of the reasons why I'm spending so much time talking about it is because of how powerful it was. And I just know that I needed that on Friday night. And I know that there are some of you who need moments like that, where there's not really an agenda. Instead, we're just going to worship, and you're free to worship the way that you want to. And so uh, make sure that you join us next time. Well, the past couple of weeks, we have been in a series in Proverbs. We believe that all 66 books of the Bible are the inspired Word of God. In fact, 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16 says that all Scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction and for training in righteousness that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. So in this entire book of the Bible, we find the book of Proverbs. Proverbs is a book of wise sayings, primarily by King Solomon, who is one of the wisest men to ever live. And in this series, we've looked at multiple nuggets found in Proverbs, of nuggets of wisdom and themes found in the book, and considered areas of our life where God's wisdom can shape and change how we live. So last week we looked at what Proverbs says about relationships. And for some of you who are like, well, uh, I don't care anything about romantic relationships, I'll just tell you that last week's message was not focused on romantic relationships. And so if you missed last week, I would encourage you to go back and listen to it online at crosspointwaverly.com, find it on Facebook, watch it on YouTube, or listen on Spotify. So again, go back and catch up to, with what we talked about last week. Well, there's so much wisdom found in the Bible especially in the book of Proverbs. And one of the things that I've asked our congregation to do, what I've asked you to do, is to read the Proverbs that corresponds with the day of the month that it is. And it's been so encouraging to hear over the last couple of weeks how as you have read the Proverbs that correlates with the day of the month, how it's impacted your life. And I'll just tell you, this week I received a text message from a mom who said, my kids heard this challenge. They started reading the book of Proverbs this, this week, and it immediately made my life and my job as a parent easier. 
And so later I'm going to share the details of that story, uh, but I'm just telling you, it can change your life and, and help you in significant ways. So uh, this morning we're going to look at an emotion that is so prevalent in our society right now, and, uh, and we're going to look to see what the book of Proverbs has to say about it. But rather than tell you what emotion we're going to look at today, uh, you hear the saying that a picture is worth a thousand words, and so I thought maybe I would just show you a few images of what we're going to talk about today and let you guess what emotion we're going to talk about. Let's see those. Anybody have a guess as to what we're going to talk about today? Yeah, anger. Yeah, some of you are like, oh, I wish I wasn't here today. Uh, I'm telling you, it's going to get real. Some of your toes are going to hurt by the end of the message. And I'm just telling you, this message is for me just as much as it's for anybody else. So this is not a message where you'll even hear some vulnerability later in the message where I'll share some things that I'm not proud of. And, uh, and you'll be like, okay, we're in good company. And so, but here's what we do. Like we approach the word of God. Uh, I don't want to say this. We approach the word of God and ask him what he has to say about our lives. And then we adjust our lives according to what his word says. What we don't do is to say this is how I am and this is how I'm always going to be. Instead, we look at what the word of God says and we say, God, if this is in your word, then I believe it and you can change me. And so let's dive in today. Some big ideas that we're going to look at this morning is that a wise person is patient. Mm. Patient with others, slow to speak, and mature in handling anger. How many of you are ready? Get your pieces of paper out, your pen, your phones, let's take some notes. Uncontrolled anger rarely leads to positive outcomes. Rather than building up relationships, anger can be a force to tear them down. And today we'll be looking at the wisdom of God as it applies to anger. The first verse we're going to look at is Proverbs chapter 14, verse number 29. Proverbs chapter 14, verse number 29, the ESV version reads, Whoever is slow to anger has great understanding, but he who has a hasty temper exalts folly. Let's pray this morning. God, we thank you so much for your word and for the power that it has to transform our lives. God, we ask that over the next few moments that you would give us the courage to have our ears open and our hearts receptive to what you're going to speak to us. And Lord, we pray for a demonstration of your spirit's power. That today that some people would be broken free uh, of the chains that have been around their lives and today would walk in freedom and victory in this area. In Jesus' name, amen. So again, whoever is slow to anger has great understanding, but he who has a hasty temper exalts folly. This week, as I was preparing for the message, I read this in the Message Bible, which is a, tr a translation of the Bible. And I'm just telling you, had there been coffee in my mouth when I read this verse in the Message Bible, it would have been sprayed out. Like, as it was, sitting in the coffee shop, working on the message, when I saw the way that the Message Bible translates this verse, I started laughing so uncontrollably that I'm sure people were like, what is wrong with that guy? So I'm just telling you, if you have coffee in your mouth, now would be a good time to swallow it. And let's see how the Message Bible uh, says this verse. Slowness to anger makes for deep understanding. A quick-tempered person stockpiles stupidity. <laughs> Some of y'all need to let that get into your spirits this morning. Slowness to anger makes for deep understanding. A quick-tempered person stockpiles stupidity. How true is that statement? 
Slowness to anger makes for deep understanding. And the person who's slow to anger has great understanding. The person who doesn't jump to conclusions, the person who doesn't get outraged over everything has great understanding. This week, I read a text message on my phone, and when I read it, I got angry. How many of you have ever gotten angry when you've read a text message on your phone? Okay, I read the same text message again, and I got even angrier. And then I read it a third time and realized that I was misunderstanding the text. And I'll just tell you that I was very grateful that in the moments when I was misunderstanding that I didn't just pick up the call, pick up the phone and make a phone call and pile on stupidity. The person who picks their battles has great understanding. And uh, I've, I've not experienced this from any of you in our church. Honestly, uh, I haven't. I really haven't, but I would imagine in an audience like this, there are some of you who just like to fight. So small deal or big deal, your mouth is ready. It's locked and loaded. Maybe for some of you, your mouth and your fists are ready, and you're just like, bring it on. Let's fight. And again, I've not experienced that from any of you, but I would just imagine that in a room this large that there are some of you. Listen, don't be elbowing. Somebody... (laughs) Somebody told me at the end of service, he said, my wife was glaring at me the entire message, right? Let's not be thinking about how this message applies to the person sitting beside us. Let's be looking at how this message can apply to us, amen? Oh, that's good. The word in Proverbs 14, 29 for anger is apt. It's rooted in the concept of someone who is so angry that their nostrils are flaring. So there are some things that make us angry, and denying that would be futile. But it's important to approach anger in a slow manner and not let it run wild like a bull in a china shop. And I just want to encourage all of us this morning with this. The emotion of anger is not a sin. The emotion of anger is not a sin. Paul writes in Ephesians chapter 4, verse number 26 and 27, be angry and do not sin. I don't think he's given an encouragement for us to be angry all the time. So for those of you who are like, yes! He says, be angry, just don't sin while I'm angry. Like, that's not what he's saying. He's saying we're going to experience anger in our lives. And when we experience anger in our lives, let's not sin. Then he goes on to say, do not let the sun go down on your anger and give no opportunity to the devil. There are some things that should make us angry, and that anger should push us towards action and and help bring change. But Paul writes in our anger that we should not sin, and then he takes it a step further to say that we shouldn't let the sun go down on our anger. And sometimes we can approach the word of God and look at some of the instructions that we're given and think that God's just trying to mess with our fun because it's fun to hold on to anger through the next night and the next night and for the rest of our lives. But Paul's given us this word of caution because he understands the harm that it causes all of us to hold on to anger. And so he's saying when you experience this, to let it go immediately. Not let the sun go down on the anger. And he gives the why immediately following it. He says, so it doesn't give the devil a foothold. How many know that we don't need to give any area of our life to the devil? Like he doesn't need any more access to us. And what Paul is saying is that we'll give an opportunity to the devil if we don't let it go. So I just want to encourage all of us to lay down anger. If we follow the words of the Bible and obey them, then we'll avoid foolishness. And a person's wisdom is demonstrated in being slow to take offense and being patient. 
Proverbs chapter 15, verse number 18. It says, a hot-tempered man stirs up strife, but he who is slow to anger quiets contention. The Message Bible says it this way, hot tempers start fights. A calm, cool spirit keeps the peace. Can I tell you, that's the kind of person I want to be. And I hope that for all of you, that's the type of person you want to be, the one who keeps the peace. I want to be the person who remains calm and keeps peace rather than starting unnecessary fights and stirring up strife. For a fire to burn, it needs fuel. It needs something to be able to consume. And the U.S. Department of Interior explains anything that can burn is fuel for a fire. So during a wildland fire, all kinds of plant materials can act as fuel, including grasses, shrubs, trees, dead leaves, and fallen pine needles. And these burnable materials pile up so, so do the chances of catastrophic wildland fires. In the right conditions, excess fuel allows fires to burn hotter, larger, longer, and faster, making them more difficult and dangerous to manage. In order to protect against catastrophic fires, management of fuels is necessary. Some of you are like, well, what does that have to do with us? Here's what it has to do with us. When we find ourselves in a volatile situation in which people are getting angry, the best thing for us to do is to treat it like a fire and remove the fuel from it, right? What happened in the, in the lunchroom at school when somebody got into a fight? Maybe not at your school, at my school in the South. Everybody started yelling, fight, you know, and they added fire, they added fuel to the fire to stir it up. And the book of Proverbs is telling us, let's be people who don't add fire and fuel to fights. Let's be the kind of people that remove anything flammable from the situation and let's be people of peace. And the best way to do that according to Proverbs is to listen and to be quiet. To listen and be quiet. Proverbs 15, 18 states that being slow to anger, we can help calm down the situation. So often when people have a disagreement, they're seeking to respond rather than seeking to understand. And the wise path is to try to understand each other's point of view, and it's best achieved by listening to others. So this week a mom texted me this story about this verse, and again, I'm going to read this verse to you. A hot-tempered man stirs up strife, but he who is slow to anger quiets contention. Proverbs 15, 18. So on the 15th of this month. Because the day according to the month, that's when it would have been read. And this was the text message. She said, my daughter started reading Proverbs today after sitting in and hearing your message on Sunday. This afternoon, she got into a huge fight with her brother. They both lost their temper and were yelling at each other. A few minutes later, I separated them. She came back in the room with her Bible and said she remembered a verse she read today and realized she didn't respond the best. This is a kid. Then she shared the verse with her brother and they apologized to each other without any prompting from me. Y'all, I'm telling you, miracles are happening in this church. Y'all, that's a miracle. The mom said, this made my day. Of course it did. Of course it did. And I just thought I would share it with you. Well, thank you for sharing it with me. Look, if children can read the word of God and immediately be sensitive to the spirit of God and apply it to their lives, then why can't we as adults? Oh, may our hearts be so tender that when that conviction comes upon us, 
that we immediately bring back to remembrance what the Word of God says about that situation and then walk in obedience. The Apostle James wrote something very similar in James chapter 1, verse 19 and 20. He says, know this, my beloved brothers, let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger. For the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. He states, let's be quick to hear. Oh, that's hard, isn't it? Because we want to be so quick to be heard. And he says, let's be slow to anger. When we're quick to listen and slow to speak, we're able to better understand someone and diffuse a situation. Do you realize that you don't have to engage in argument at the same level that it's been brought to you? Do you realize that if, uh, like, you don't have to go from louder to louder. <laughs> you don't have to go from fast to faster. And so what are we looking at here? It's saying to be quick to listen and slow to speak. And we're seeing this common theme in these verses, instructions not to be hot-headed and quick-tempered and instead to be slow to anger. And some of you are like, well, you just don't get my life. I'm Irish. I'm whatever. Some of you are like, why are you picking on Irish? I don't know, because the term fighting Irish, maybe, you know? Like, but my question for all of us this morning is, are we followers of Jesus? Seriously, we talked about identity a couple of weeks ago. And when I hear people say things like, well, it's because of a, a, a certain nationality that has a predisposition to being hot-headed, or they talk about their family of origin and use that as an excuse for bad behavior, can... Can we just go back to what is our identity? And when you use something like your heritage or your family of origin as an excuse, what you're saying is that your nationality or your family of origin is more important and that's your primary identity and that your identity as a follower of Jesus is secondary. And I'm just telling you, that's not the order that God allows our lives to be in. Instead, he demands that our identity be primarily in him and then anything else be secondary. And so as children of God, he says that whom the Son has set free is free indeed. We see Paul writes that when we become a follower of Jesus, the old is gone and the new is come. And so I just want to say to all of us this morning, let our primary identity be that we are followers of Jesus and recognize that he has the power to transform us and change us and allow us to walk in victory and freedom over anything. So what can we do when we experience anger? I would encourage you to slow down, <laughs> breathe, listen, remove yourself from the situation if you need to cool the fires of anger, and as far as possible to extend mercy and forgiveness to the other person, remembering how God handled his wrath against sin. So Proverbs 15:1, a soft answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. A soft answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up angry, anger. It's simple yet great wisdom. The word for anger in Proverbs, as already mentioned, is apt. The word can also be translated wrath. And so when something happens that makes us angry, it can be easy for us to want to punish that person. I had a great uncle growing up that when somebody would say something mean to him or do something mean to him, would say, I pray that man has a heart attack. <laughs> Let us not be like that. 
right? It's easy to want to punish the other person. But it's helpful to remember what God did with his wrath towards sinful humanity. He took the punishment himself and he forgave us our sin. So when we become angry, it's so easy to lash out. But instead, consider the one who was lashed for our sins and by whose stripes we have been healed. Just remember how God handled his anger towards sin. So practically, I would encourage you, again, to stop, to breathe, to listen, to give some space to the conversation if need be so that you can cool the fires of runaway anger. And even if restoration in the relationship isn't possible, to still forgive the other person. One final area that I want to camp out on this morning is our communication when we're angry. This includes what we say and what we type. How many of you know that our words are powerful? Okay, like a few of you. I hope all of you know. Like, seriously, you're going to see this this morning. Our words are powerful. Often we don't realize the damage and the pain that thoughtless com- comments can create. But God understands the importance of the words we speak. And Proverbs has some words on how we use our speech. Proverbs chapter 4 Verse number 20, my son, be attentive to my words, incline your ears to my sayings. Let them not escape from your sight, keep them within your heart, for they are life to those who find them and healing to all their flesh. Keep your heart with all vigilance, for from it flow the springs of life. Put away from, your crooked, put away from you crooked speech and put devious talk far from you. Let your eyes look directly forward and your gaze be straight before you. Ponder the path of your feet, then all your ways will be sure. Do not swerve to the right or to the left. Turn your foot away from evil. Verse number 20 says, to be attentive to the words of the Father. In verse 22 it says, for they are life to those who find them and healing to all their flesh. Can I tell you this morning that the word of God is life to all who read it. And we can find healing to all their flesh. God's words bring healing to us. And for those of you who deal with anger on a regular basis, his word gets to the root of it and brings healing. So while imparting his wisdom to his son, the author of Proverbs in chapter 4 addresses the words we use. And he states it this way in verse number 24. To put away from you crooked speech and put devious talk far from you. The NIV translates this verse this way. Put away perversity from your mouth. Keep corrupt talk from your lips. Words that are untrue or deceptive or that lead people astray need to be so far removed from us that we have nothing to do with them. The Father doesn't give the advice to just not do it. Instead, he rather says, be so far removed from this speech that people can't even associate you with it. What's on the inside is going to come out. And Jesus said, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So corrupt talk, gossip, foul talk, and perverse talk should never be on the lips of one who trusts the Lord. We will give an account to the Lord for all that we've said. Proverbs 12, 18, there is one whose rash words are like sword thrusts, but the tongue of the wise brings healing. Words can hurt. We all grew up hearing this phrase, sticks and stones may break our bones, but I'll just tell you the backside of that. The phrase we heard growing up is a lie. Words really can deeply wound us. Proverbs 12, 18, again, there is one whose rash words are like sword thrusts, but the tongue of the wise brings healing. The words we speak can encourage or discourage. 
They can deeply hurt or they can bring healing. And the Bible recognizes that a wise person is careful with the words that they use because our speech is a big responsibility. Our words are powerful for good or for evil. And I just want to encourage all of us to be people who use our speech to bring healing. I think most of us in this room underestimate the power of the words that we speak. I think we underestimate the influence that we have with others. As parents, as pastors, as teachers, coaches, bosses, employees, students, volunteers, as human beings, our words have power, more power than I think all of us recognize. And Proverbs gives us this warning to guard our tongue. The apostle James picks up on this teaching in James chapter 3, verses 1 through 10. He uh, speaks of taming the tongue because of the power that it holds. And we're not going to read all of those verses this morning. I encourage you to read it on your own time. But he uses a number of illustrations from the bridle of a horse to the rudder of a ship to show how something small has the power to direct something big and powerful. The words we speak can shape our life and the lives of those around us, and we need to be careful with the pain and healing that they can bring. Jesus had it taken even further, telling us that one day we'll be judged for every careless word that we speak. You might be able to deny what you said. You might be able to delete the account or the tweet, but God saw it and one day will bring an account, bring us an account for it. What we say matters. What we say when we're angry matters. Think back to some of your most recent conversations and interactions. Did you speak an encouraging word or a destructive word? Did you speak life or did you speak death? What about your latest social media post? Did it speak life or death? Did it reflect truth? Last week we talked about the wise and the foolish person in our relationship with each. And when confronted, a fool will make excuses and a wise person will thank you for the confrontation and they'll adjust their, their behaviors. How have you responded when someone has corrected you on your speech? Did you respond by listening with gratitude or did you respond with defensiveness? In 2020, a family gathered in California to host a gender reveal party for an expectant mother. As a result of the gender reveal announcement, a fire started. The El Dorado fire ended up burning over 20,000 acres and killed one firefighter. James writes in James chapter 3, verse 5, how great a forest is set ablaze by such a small fire, and the tongue is a fire. The wildfire may not have been set by a literal word, but it was set by the word expressed in an action. And it's a real and painful reminder of how careful we should be with all of our words. You've heard the saying before, sin will take you further than you want to go, keep you there longer than you want to stay, and cost you more than you want to pay. And to make it specific with anger, anger will take you further than you want to go. Anger will keep you longer than you want to stay, and anger will cost you more than you want to pay. The words we say have power, and our responses have power. Listen, people are going to hurt us. It's going to happen. People are going to trigger us. But we've got to make a commitment to be wise. And I'll just tell you that I don't get it right every time. This week I was being harassed by a couple of teenagers, one being my own child. And they thought they were being really smart, if you know what I mean. And for full context of this conversation, this was not a fiery exchange. 
It was a nonsensical exchange, and I'd had enough. So I addressed how smart that they were being by using language that doesn't normally come out of my mouth. Imagine that. The boys were shocked, and they shut up. (laughs) I apologized to the mom of the other child and said, these boys made me do it. Why are y'all laughing? My wife happened to be sitting there, and she just gave me that look. Drip, drip, (laughs) For those of you who weren't here last week, (laughs) you got to listen to the message from last week to understand what just happened. And I wish all of you could have been in first service because she had no idea that was coming. And we needed a camera from the stage to just get her reaction because she looked at me. She was like. Obviously, the boys didn't make me do anything. I had a choice. And I just want you to know that you have a choice. You know that, don't you? Do you realize that this morning you have a choice? People are going to make you angry. They're going to trigger you. And you have a choice in how you're going to respond. Are you going to respond like a wise person or are you going to respond like a foolish person? And I'm telling you, you're not going to get it right every time. I didn't get it right this week. And while it's a funny little story, honestly, I'm sorry for it. I'm embarrassed by it. But I was grateful for a wife who wasn't nagging me in that moment, but called me out on that. Who didn't let me make an excuse for bad behavior and blame it on somebody else. She gave me the look right there in the moment that said, no, you, you know, no. You, you seriously didn't just say that, did you? And I'm just telling you, as followers of Jesus, we need people in our life who will look at the fleshliness around us and let iron sharpen iron and just call us out on some of the stuff that we're doing. You're not going to get it right every time. But when you miss the mark, repent to God, be quick to apologize to others and make a commitment to be different moving forward. This morning, the Word of God has given us warnings about anger. It's given us instructions on what to do and not to do with anger. And I believe this morning that God wants to set some of you free. And it's going to start with a wholehearted relationship with him. And secondly, it's going to continue with a wholehearted commitment to be obedient to his word. I'm going to ask that you would bow your heads and close your eyes all across this room. Maybe there are some of you who've come in today or you're watching online and you don't have a relationship with Jesus and you say, today I want to start there. Today I want to become a follower of him. I want to experience the forgiveness of sins that comes from him. I want him to be my Lord and Savior. Maybe there are others of you who at one time walked with God, but you've turned your back on him and you say, today I need to see my relationship restored back to him. Just a moment with every head bowed and every eye closed, if that's you, you say, I need to ask Jesus to come into my life for the very first time. Or you say, I need to see my relationship restored back to him. When I count to three, why don't you slip up your hands all across this room. One, two, three, lift them up all across this room. Stand all across this room. This is what I'm going to do. If you raised your hand in person or 
you're making this commitment online, I'm going to lead us in a prayer. And I want you to repeat it after me and mean it with everything that's within you. But know that you won't be praying this prayer alone, but that each of us in support of you will also be praying. Let's pray. Say, dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for sending your son Jesus to die on the cross for me. I admit that I'm a sinner. I admit that I've messed up. This morning I ask for your forgiveness. Come and give me a fresh start. Be my savior. Be my king. Take over every area. Take over every aspect. And help me from this day forward to live for you with all my heart, with all my soul, with all of my mind, with all of my strength. In Jesus' name. Amen. Let's give God praise for what he's done this morning. Thank you, God. If you prayed that prayer in person or online today, we would ask that you would text the word yes to 319-250-8998. Again, text the word yes to 319-250-8998. We want to encourage you in the decision that you've made and the journey that God's going to take you on. Each week we leave time at the end of service for, uh, for prayer. The worship team's gonna lead us in another song. The prayer team's gonna come to the front. And we just wanna encourage you, if you've come today needing God to do anything in your life, we'd encourage you to step out of your seat in just a moment and receive prayer from the prayer team. So I'm gonna pray. Worship team's gonna lead us in a song and then I'd encourage you to step out of your seat. God, we thank you so much for your word. God, we're grateful for messages like these that sometimes are painful, that cause us to look inward and deal with things that maybe we don't even wanna deal with. God, I pray that in this moment that you would soften all of our hearts. That we would reflect upon these words and we would have the courage to say, God, cut out of me anything that is not glorifying and pleasing to you. God, I pray for those that deal with, with huge anger issues that today that you would set them free. That your Holy Spirit would help get to the root and bring freedom and deliverance. That anger would re be replaced with peace and with joy. And I pray that you would give us wisdom in how we speak. That we would be people who make a commitment to speak life, not death. that we would speak healing over others, that we would recognize the power that we have with our speech. And so we would guard even those moments when we might be tempted to gossip or might be tempted to lie or to fabricate a story or do whatever. God, we just pray that you would help us to be in people of integrity with all that we do and all that we say. help us to apply these words to our lives and I pray that as we do that it would change our culture that as students step into the hallways of of their schools and sit in the classrooms of their schools that that the way that they speak would be so different that it would draw attention to you God we pray that the way that we speak as parents and as children as bosses and as employees that it would be so glorifying to you and so countercultural that it's when everybody else is getting outraged and they're losing their cool, 
that your body would be people who speak peace into those situations, who don't add more fuel to the fire, but instead remove the fuel out of the fire and diffuse situations for your glory. God, help us, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for joining us. We hope that this message was inspiring and encouraging. For more information about this message or about all things Crosspoint, check out our Facebook and head to our website at www.crosspointwaverly.com.